This episode of Half Measures is brought to you by Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Hi, I'm Norman Lau, co-host of Mission Log. While Daniel and Paul are doing a bang-up job covering the wide world of pop culture, we're talking Star Trek, one episode at a time over at Mission Log, looking for morals, meanings, and messages. In fact, there are a whole lot of other shows at podcasts.roddenberry.com for you to choose from. Science, feminism, even daily news. Boldly go and find us when you're done here, of course. Again, that address is podcasts.roddenberry.com, and we will be delighted to have you trek us out. Welcome back to another episode of Half Measures, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Dan Whiting. Dan, how are you? I'm very good, thanks, Paul. Glad to be back. I see we've changed our um, our podcast description from fortnightly-ish to weekly. That confident. Ex- it's, it's confident, but it really excites me because, and I may be making a presumption here, but surely if I'm being forced to do twice the amount of episodes, that's twice the pay, right? Um, well, I think the problem is the unions are now involved and our social media manager will probably get most of that um, that revenue. But look, one day, Paul, one day. Okay, okay. It'll all come out in the wash, I'm sure. Okay, right. Well, well, we'll work on that. Maybe if we do, you know, half the time, it'll still work out the same for me money-wise, which, you know, half of nothing is still nothing. Right? <laughs> <Half> and, <laughs> exactly. Look, as soon as I get a paycheck, you'll get a paycheck. So That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, enough with the niceties because I know we've been watching a lot of television and, and movies because that's what we do. Um, so I'm going to jump straight into the usual uh, tradition and say, Dan, what have you been watching? We're straight down the business, aren't we, Paul? Like, I love oh, it. Normally, normally there's some, some pre-banter, some warm-up. I haven't got time for your banter. All right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm in, I'm in. So um, I have been watching quite a few movies, actually. So over the last, um, over the over the last weekend, um, basically, uh, we thought let's watch some movies for a change of pace. Still trying to sort of find that that homeland filler. I didn't really feel like there was a lot of movies out. Uh, we were we were watching these movies on iTunes, um, and so we really were just going, "Oh, that looks all right. Let's give it a watch." There wasn't much thought or um, research going into these. So, and there's about five of them. So let me share with you the joys of my Saturday night movie watching. Here we go. So the first movie we watched is a movie called The Kill Team. So The Kill the Kill Team is basically a movie um, based on a true story um, set in Afghanistan where uh, a commanding officer and some of his soldiers are, are basically <laughs> committing murders um, and it's a bit of a – um, it's kind of the, the tale of, of one of the soldiers involved and his um, moral dilemma of something wrong is happening here and I need to do something about it. Um, it, it look, it was all right. I, I don't know if I could necessarily recommend it. Um, it's got Alex Skarsgård in it. Um, mm. it. It was okay. I... If you watched it on normal television accidentally, you'd probably have a good time. Yeah. Um, how, how am I watching I, this if I'm in New Zealand? What platform am I on? So all of these movies I'm going to talk about are iTunes. Okay, so, okay, okay, okay. Yep, yep. So look, I'm, I'm not going to go into too much more detail about it. It was one of those true stories just where they kind of give you like a, a segment of the show um, and then they kind of wrap it up with some text at the end. And it was kind of like, uh, okay, okay. Like, I guess the right outcome happened, but it, it almost probably could have made a better TV series. Right. Maybe a, maybe an eight-episode um, Netflix series or something. But anyway, it, it was okay. It, it filled in a bit of time. I, I look at I look at the premise. I look at the premise, and it sounds appealing. I see the ratings are sort of middle of the road, um, and. Uh, yeah, I think I would be drawn in by that premise as well. There's enough there to make me want to sit down and watch it. But. Yeah, I, 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 in IMDb, it's kind of uh, action mm. drama thriller. Mm. Um, I don't know if I would use the word action or thriller. Uh, probably more drama, 
not much not much action. But anyway, it is a true story, so probably for the for the right reasons. Hmm. Okay. The <clears throat> the next one I watched, another semi wild card, is a movie called Guns Akimbo. So um Guns Akimbo stars maybe one of your friends from the UK, Paul, Daniel Radcliffe, aka Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Um, this this was actually quite enjoyable. This movie reminded me a lot of Ready Player One. Have you ever seen that movie? I love that movie. So this is one of those movies where pretty much knew nothing going in. It's um, over the top, uh, kind of action violence. Reminds me also a little bit of uh, the Scott Pilgrim movie. It's it was a really good popcorn movie, to be honest with you. The, the action's fun. The story's not too bad. Um, parts of it, I actually believe, were filmed in Auckland. Um, it's a just, bit of a New Zealand link. Yeah, I just spotted Reese Darby's in it, so that's always a worthwhile watch. Yeah, look, he, he plays a, a quirky character in there. Um, it, it's a really enjoyable throwaway watch. Nice way to spend a couple of hours a few over-the-top um, graphic scenes, but but graphic in a fun way, not in a grotesque way. And I see... So look at, sorry, I recommend it. Yeah, the director I see is the guy who's done um, Jason Leigh Howden. He's normally doing visual effects. I see he's done visual effects for the Avengers, visual effects for the Wolverine. So it sounds as if it's maybe sort of like maybe one of his first attempts at giving the directing a go. I don't know. Yeah, look, as I say... Really enjoyable. Um, it's I always find it. Um, uh, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe is always Harry Potter for me. Unfortunately, I can't see him as anything but Harry Potter, and it's it's cool to see him in other roles that that kind of break that stereotype. And I know as a as an actor, he's he's got far more range than just Harry Potter. But it's hard to you know shift, shift the shift the mindset. Yep, fair enough. Yep, yep. But no, look, I would I would probably recommend that as a as a Saturday evening watch, you'll, you'll definitely get some enjoyment out of it. Um, yeah, and, and that's probably um, a slightly better than middle of the road ratings as well. Mm, so, yeah, it is. I see that, yeah. Mm, yep. The next movie I've watched, so look, I feel like all of these movies are of uh, – most of these movies are of kind of average to medium quality. Um, the next one is from uh, one of your favorite actors from the Fast and the Furious franchise, mm. um, Vin Diesel. So we watched the movie Bloodshot. So again, this was a this was a a, a movie which I believe came like it skipped the movie theater. Um, experience because of COVID. Yeah. Um <laughs> and I guess because of COVID. At me. That, that's why is it? Yep. Yeah. It's definitely because of COVID. And look the even the poster for this film, which I'm looking at right now, looks a little bit terrible. But it's a movie. Like I actually quite enjoyed this movie. And it reminds me like it's a little bit um Fast and the Furious. It's a little bit Triple uh, X. It's a little bit. Uh, what's that Tom Cruise movie like? Day after tomorrow, the one that that keeps repeating. Oh, so, edge, of, edge of tomorrow. Edge of tomorrow. It's a little bit of that, and it's actually quite a good story, despite some of the um, traditional over the top Vin Diesel moments. And there, there's some. <laughs> there's some. Gen- there's some genuine laugh out loud moments, um, and I'll share one of them with you because I'm not sure this is going to be on the top of your your watch list. Mm-hmm. But in one one of the early scenes, uh, Vin Diesel's a soldier, and um, his girlfriend wife meets him at the at the airbase. He gets off the he gets off the airplane he, as he's walking to her, and, and she's just pulled up in her in her convertible car at the airbase. Like, where's the security? What's going on? But he's he unbuttons his um, military shirt, and underneath he's just wearing the tradi- traditional Vin Diesel white tank top. And it was it was laugh out loud funny, but okay, that that was probably the cringiest thing in the whole movie, but. Beyond that, I'd actually put it up there with Guns Akimbo. It's it's not a bad watch. <laughs> you put it up there with Guns Akimbo. Wow, I'm surprised I didn't put that on the poster. 
Amazing. I've got another laugh out loud moment for you. And that's the, the tagline on the poster, which I'm also laughing at, which is you don't need a past to have a future. Superheroes are getting an upgrade. Honestly, I'm sold. If I wasn't sold on Vin Diesel already, I'm now sold just on the poster. Amazing, Dan. Yeah. No, look, give it a go. Give it, give it a go. So, <laughs> but- Maybe we could recreate that poster. It's it's almost as good as Guns Akimbo. I, I feel like I'm a judge on the X Factor now, and I'm just saying, next, what's, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> Look, there is slim pickings um, at the moment on on iTunes, um, and look, bear in mind, I I paid to rent all of these movies as well, so. I want to understand your selection process, if it's like pin the tail on the donkey or, or if there's actually some sort of logic in this because it's a fascinating, you know, oh, let's give this a go. <laughs> it literally is, let's <laughs> give this a go. And we're literally just scanning across the movies. Occasionally we might play the first, I don't know, 20 seconds off the trailer. And if that kind of looks appealing, we'll be like, all right, let's give that a go. And because we, you know, we started um, early on a Saturday afternoon and we, we sort of thought, oh, let's watch a couple of movies. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And look, they they passed the evening away and they were definitely a fun time. So... So another one for you. Yep. An- another classic. So I also watched Rambo Last Blood. We've lost we've just lost the last subscriber. Congratulations. It's <laughs> <This is> amazing. <laughs> now, now my rationale for watching Rambo Last Blood is a little bit different. <laughs> this this movie scores 26 on Metacritic. So sell it to me Dan. Here we go. Okay, so so first of all, it was the iTunes 99-cent movie of the week. And I thought, I can't go wrong, 99 cents, let's give it a whirl. I I enjoyed the Rambo films growing up. I know they've got a little bit crazy. Um, This was actually Samara's first ever Rambo film. And her comments to me for days afterwards is that movie really messed me up and I'm never watching any Rambo ever again. And it is everything you could possibly imagine. Minimal, minimal quality acting. Mm. A, a bit of over the top, a bit maybe a bit light, over the top action violence. Um, I actually thought the story wasn't too bad. Uh, I feel like, it was actually quite a fitting end to the Rambo trilogy. Trilogy? Sorry. I'm counting five. Five, sorry. I don't know why I said trilogy. The Rambo saga. Yeah. Whatever we want to call it. It made me want to actually go back and watch the other Rambos because at the end of Rambo Last Blood, they actually play a montage going all the way back to the first Rambo. And I was like, I, right. I'm ready for this rewatch. I, oh, I'm okay. interested. Um and I actually think, you know, I know that these movies get a hard time and that um, Rambo's kind of this, I don't know, he's, he's kind of portrayed as this um, borderline Neanderthal kind of robot soldier. But I actually, I actually do think there is a bit of depth to this character and it is a lot about, um, I think, the, the PTSD and fitting in um, – to society post being in a war. Like, I think there is a, a depth there, but you have to look for it. Um, yeah. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not just there for the taking. I am giving you a pretty hard time. The truth is that I love a movie like this. I've, we talked last week about B-grade movies or maybe the week before, um, and I would I would be the same. I would want to go back. I would want to go First Blood, Part 2, Part 3, you know, the whole lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, if you were a Rambo fan, I actually think you'd enjoy it. And I, so the the basic sort of premise of uh, this Rambo, so this is basically John Rambo's gone home as such. Um, he's back home on the the family family farm, I guess. Mm-hmm, yeah. And there's a few unexplained things in the film, like he's kind of built these tunnels all over his farm, like a like your standard Looney Tune, um, and. <laughs> His uh, the person who's living within the house, like it's, uh, I'm not even sure what their relationship is, but her, she might have been the 
the cleaner or somebody. Amazing. <laughs> Rambo's got a relationship with her daughter, and her daughter basically goes goes into Mexico to find her dad, and um, obviously then bad things start to happen. The Mexican cartel's involved, then Rambo's involved, and then the Mexico Mexican cartel come back to America. Not on Rambo's watch, I tell you. Brilliant. Those tunnels, they're coming in useful. I tell you what, I am actually honestly sold on this. I would watch it. So um, that has, I have clicked add to watch list as I've been talking to you. So good, well done. Good, you you, good, you good. won me over. Good. It's um yeah, it is. It is does have some very graphic, um, violent Rambo scenes in it though. So just uh, viewer beware. Um, <clears throat> I have watched one other movie as well, but I know that we're actually going to save that until later, which is um, the Gentleman. So I'll hold off on that. Excellent. But I did want to talk. I did want to talk really briefly before I, I hand back to you to see what you've been watching. So I sort of mentioned uh, last week that we're sort of looking for the what's what's the next thing to fill the, the homeland void. Mm. And after talking to – we went to see my family a couple of weeks ago, which is when we missed that um, episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And my family had been heavily involved in watching Outrageous Fortune and, and West Side, the New, Zealand, the New Zealand TV series. And uh, Samara's never seen it. And we thought, oh, should we check out? Like, I've, I've seen it, but it was a long, long time ago. Um, only Outrageous Fortune, not West Side. And so started watching that. And at first it was super cringy because it's 2005, New Zealand. Um, it's really, really culturally inappropriate. Um, right. And it shows, I think, how much um, I think New Zealand has changed. Um, but I think it's actually turned into a little bit of a of a sleeper hit for me. And we are almost finished season one. I think there's about 13 episodes or so to season one. And it, look, it's really fun. The characters are fun. It's kind of like a bit of a time capsule of going back into um, New Zealand, seeing what was happening in 2005, seeing the fashion, um, seeing the way people talk. And it's a, it's a good time. It's a, it's a good watch. I, I wasn't sure whether we'd be able to stick out, um, stick it out, but right. I think we're in. We're in, so we, we'll, we'll probably stick with that for a while. And of course, I'm still watching, um, slowly, albeit, but I'm still watching Rebels, and I'm still watching uh, Seinfeld as well. So almost up to season four of Seinfeld. So, oh, nice. so you are moving through that. And I, you know, and I know you talk, you'll probably talk a little bit about this, but. Seinfeld just gets better and better with every episode and every season. And when I first started watching it, I was kind of like, oh, that's right. This is, this is kind of funny and, and awkward. But now I'm at the point where I'm really hooked into the Seinfeld universe. And my love for um, George, Jerry, Elaine and Kramer is so immense. Like, I, I couldn't think of four greater characters to hang out together. But anyway, those are, you know, I feel like I'm, I feel I feel like I'm, I've, I've talked long enough, Paul. Um, I've done what I've done what you did last week. I've taken up twenty minutes of just what I've been watching. So hopefully, uh, hope, hopefully you can counter it with what you've been up to. I'll, I'll do my best. And on just quickly on the subject of Seinfeld, my love for it is growing and growing as well. And like we just have to finish every night now with a with a Seinfeld. I don't care if we watch something that goes really late, and it's like we should really go to sleep now. But nah, 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 nah. There's got to be a Seinfeld. In fact, the other day I said, I wish we'd called the cat Newman, just so that every time I saw the cat in the house, I could just give my best Jerry, hello, Newman, you know, and just... That, that is amazing. I would um, I would happily name uh, a dog Costanza as well. Like that would be, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be so on. great. Come on, Costanza. Come on. Um, so, look, I don't think I can top any of the things that you've you've talked about there's been some real interesting things there um what i can say about my watch this week there's been a a real pioneering space travel vibe to uh, to what we've been watching at the moment and that's uh, diana and myself we've both been watching all of the shows and movies i'm about to talk about the first thing uh is mars 
So this is the National Geographic series, which is now on Netflix, which is why I'm sort of late coming to the party on this. Um, this is kind of a documentary, um, but with with plenty of drama and story thrown into. Have you have you seen the series Mars, or is this? Uh... No, I haven't, but I have had it recommended to me actually. Mm. Um, it's a sort of documentary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of yes, yeah, part documentary, part fiction, and it's um. So yeah, it's basically about six people that are traveling to Mars to colonize the planet in the year twenty thirty three. So obviously, there's a certain amount you know of fiction right in there, um. But you know, the scientists and people behind the real life mission um show how they're going to achieve that feat. So it flicks between present day and twenty thirty three, um, which is how you get that mix of fact and fiction. And the two blend together really well. Um, and all of the learnings and all of the insights in sort of the fact half of the show are so, so interesting. And, and you know, there's people like obviously Elon Musk, the all of the team at SpaceX, some of the best brains in the biz in that business of uh, you know space travel and it's it's really really fascinating plus you've got people like ron howard and brian glazer involved so from that point of view it's great production values the the scenes of of space the real scenes you know and the scenes at uh, nasa and, and spacex is it's just fantastic and i find this show so compelling and so Diana and I have been watching one a night and I just cannot wait to sit down and watch an episode each night. Um, and it, you know, when a show sometimes flicks between the past or the present, if they do in like a flashback and you, sometimes you're like, Oh, I'm not interested in the past. I just want to, I'm but equally interested in both sides because they both have something really compelling about it. Um, it's quite an emotional thing to watch because, you know, space travel, you get all the goosebumps when you see them at Mars, you know, things like Interstellar and The Martian and all those great movies, you, know, you just start thinking, oh, I need to rewatch that. I even thought I need to rewatch The Red Planet, which is the, you know, probably the worst ever, or Mission to Mars, you know, there's some of those, uh, what were they, late 90s, early 2000s, I don't know, movies that were about Mars that weren't particularly great, but I just feel inspired to go watch them. So that's been... Uh, really really good and look i would like to talk about this in more detail once i've seen the whole show but basically at this point it's uh i'm so glad that it came to netflix and i'm so glad it's finally you know i'm getting a chance to see it. it's really good and so how many episodes was it paul was it six episodes so we just uh yeah so we just watched episode five um uh, sorry sorry two seasons each of six episodes and so we're just on episode five of season one and uh so um, I have heard a few reviews saying that season two isn't as strong, which is a bit disappointing going in thinking that, but who knows? We'll see what I think. The other half of my, um, you know, space vibe TV watching is Space Force. So um, we've been, uh, you know, watching that. And I think because I know you're watching it and we talked about it before, I think it would be good for us to review this in a pod in a, in a week or so or a couple of weeks when we're both finished because there's enough in there that has hooked me in. And despite there being some pretty sort of obvious pitfalls here and there, and I think you touched on this last time we spoke, I'm I'm laughing quite a lot. And um, I'm, the last the last episode that we just watched, I think episode seven or eight, really strong, really strong. So, yeah, so that's the other half. Yeah, we could probably almost do that um, maybe next week. I really hope with Space Force, um, regardless, of, like obviously with all the pretty negative reviews and, and commentary out there about it, I really hope they get to do a second season so they get at least a chance to kind of take this somewhere because I feel like the, there's gold in that concept yeah. and it, um, it probably just needs a bit of polishing and refining, and I feel like a, a second season could really help land that. And I'm sure that people like Steve Carell and John Malkovich would have signed up with some sort of guarantee, perhaps, that there was more than one. I don't know if they have the power to, to do that, but in my mind, the, the amount of money that like they've poured into some of the production and the, the sets, and that it, it looks like they've spent a fair bit of money. It's, a, it's really, visually, it's really enjoyable to watch. You know, it's really good. I think this is the exciting thing about um, using uh, platforms like Netflix as the distribution mechanism because it's quite different to um, mm. mainstream TV, isn't it? It's, you know, Netflix has got 
um, complete um, visibility over all of the viewing numbers, how people have, how many people are sort of sticking around. Obviously, they they have all the intel on what um, what the press and, and and social media is saying about it. But it's, I think it's, if this was actually a, a NBC TV show, it may not have got a, a second season. But I think because it's Netflix, um, and because I think a number of big names attached. I feel hopefully pretty confident that, that that it will get another season. Fingers yeah. crossed. But yeah, I think let's let's do a deep dive. Yeah, and look, I, I think you're right. Um, it's going to get that second season because people like us are going to, you know, be really picketing for it. The other show I've been watching is Snowpiercer. So I talked about this last time. This is a weekly release of episodes, so there's only been four episodes released. Um, but all I can say for anyone who's thinking. You know, am I going to enjoy this or not? If you enjoyed the movie, I think you'll enjoy the TV show. Uh, Bong Joon Ho, uh, who did the this this the Snowpiercer movie, he's involved in the writing of this. And Josh Friedman uh, is the, who's the sort of the creator of the show. I've always enjoyed what he's done. You know, stuff from you know Terminator, Dark Fates, um, Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Um, so yeah, that's been a really enjoyable watch. Um, coming into movies. Um, we watched a movie, Deep Water Horizon, which is a 2016 movie. Uh, have you seen this one, Dan? I have. It was a while ago now. I feel like I might have. Uh, I feel like I might have watched it on a plane. Actually, <laughs> I feel like you're on planes all the time because the number of times you said, "I'm pretty sure I watched that on a plane." <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like it's my place for watching. Like when I back when you were allowed to travel around the world and borders were open. Yeah. It was always a great opportunity to watch those movies um, that you. Uh, I probably wouldn't wouldn't hire it, or if it's not out on a streaming platform, I'll jump on this movie. And I there's, there's another Mark Wahlberg movie that I watched on a plane as well. That the one with the, in the the Boston Marathon. Yes, I enjoyed that too. Yes, on the plane. Uh, Patriot Patriot's Day that was. Um, pa- Patriot. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was that was good. Anyway, yeah, I have seen it. Yeah. So, um, and look, I understand what you mean about it. It's one of those movies you might watch on a plane because it, it, it has one of those posters that when you sort of see it, you sort of think, oh, is this any good or is this just another run-of-the-mill movie? And I, I guess the clue is in the title. Um, and to be honest, whilst I do remember the oil rigs exploding, that was over 10 years ago. So, yeah, I'd forgotten that the name of the rig was cause, called Deep World Horizon. But the instant I sort of read the synopsis and realized it was about the rig, I was instantly okay i definitely want to watch it and yeah i i can't believe i haven't seen this movie till now it's really good and you know after a few weeks of watching some hit and miss movies uh i feel like it was really refreshing to see some good quality dan you're laughing what, what's going on here what, what, what have i said i just wondered whether uh, i was going to ask you the question of how does it compare to guns akimbo um <laughs> and i feel like we need to watch that movie and then it made me think maybe we need a a guns akimbo rating scale like is it as good as guns akimbo is okay. it, or, is it, or is it not as good or is it a lot better maybe it may it can be a new scale we can if, introduce if, if that's the new scale i think a lot of movies are going to fare pretty highly which is good because this podcast is all about, will. it's all about positivity right um and uh, yeah, I highly rate it. And I, I didn't really feel like it in the the way they sort of um, portrayed the movie. I didn't feel like they were trying to be overly dramatic about what happened, which I think is good because I think there's always a danger that sometimes that can happen in, in disaster type movies. Um, I, I felt like there wasn't any unnecessary hero moments beyond the heroics of what actually happened, which was also, um, you know, quite refreshing. Um, the build-up to this, you know, is really slow. It steps through, you know, the days and hours before the event quite deliberately. You know what's coming. Um, and I still somehow stupidly found myself sitting there hoping, may, oh, oh, maybe if they do this, they can avoid it from happening, which is a ridiculous thing to be thinking. But, you know, you're sort of so invested in it, you don't want these these people to, to suffer. Um, and look, I am, I've discovered sort of without even realizing it, I'm actually a really big fan of Mark Wilberg. I find him a really terrific, really adaptable actor. And I know he's generally cast in the action, the hero or comedy movies. I think he's he's really good in this. Um, he's got some really heavy dialogue scenes in, at the start of the movie. And I wouldn't describe this necessarily as pure action. I think it's a bit more of a drama movie or maybe a, a thriller. So, um, yeah, he really impressed me in this movie. So... 
Um, and Kurt Russell as well, another actor who, you know, his more recent work with the three Tarantino movies, you know, Hateful Eight, The Hollywood and uh, Death Proof. You know, he continues to impress me in his his later work, perhaps more than his earlier work. Um, so, yeah, a, a really good movie. And look, it wasn't until the end credits started to roll that I then sort of got a sense of how severe the disaster was in terms of the, you know, 11 people dying. The oil spill went on for like three months. It's the worst oil spill in U.S. history. And um, so you talked about the Boston Marathon. Um, so the director, uh, Peter Berg, uh, has worked with Warburg a few times. Uh, and the Boston Marathon, I think, was the movie they did straight after this when I was sort of doing a little bit of research. And they've they've now got a movie out called Spencer Confidential, uh, the two of them. Um, but, yeah, I think he gets the best out of Warburg in this movie. Uh, Mm, I think um I think you're I think you're right. Mark Wahlberg gets a I think a hard time, um but I I agree with you. I actually really enjoy his movies, and I feel like he's been in more great movies than he has been terrible movies. Um, but I would counter that with Spencer Confidential is probably one of the only movies I can remember starting and actually stopping because I thought it was terrible. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I thought, oh, this can't be too bad. It'll be on, the, you know, Netflix. Like, looks all right. Mark Wahlberg has probably got the, it's got the goods, but didn't do it for me. Turn it I, off. I might set myself a challenge of watching that movie and uh, giving you a Guns Akimbo rating of how I found that movie. Because <laughs> now I feel, I feel like the challenge has been laid down. Because you're right, you know, for every bad movie or sort of average movie, because you know, some people criticise him for for Max Payne, which was actually a movie that. I really enjoyed because I like the game, but you know, uh, the fighter, the departed, you know, he's, he's put in some, some real decent performances. Oh, I agree. I think he's, um, and the departed, like his, um, his, um, his Boston character that he brings to so many movies is, it's great. Um, I think he's really solid. So, and I think he's kind of the, the action hero of our generation. Like he's like, is he uh, like, maybe he's our Bruce Willis, you know what I mean? Like I'm, Bruce Willis is still like, but you know, he's getting a bit older now, but yeah. I, he's, he's the, he's the younger version of, uh, of Bruce. Maybe. That's, that's, that's a good call. Maybe, maybe we'll get the social media manager just to, um, to tweet that to Mark and just say, Hey, this is what we think and see, you know, see if we can get a reaction out of him. Yeah. Look, we get, this is probably the episode title that, uh, Mark Wahlberg's the, the new Bruce Willis. Um, he'll Not then, he'll, Come and listen to the episode. You'll hear us talking about um, Spencer Confidential. It's not going to end well. Just uh, just to, to round off that whole um, that whole movie, uh, the, the rest of the supporting cast are real good too, um, which is, is is great. Dylan O'Brien and Kate Hudson are both really really good. But the the one I wanted to really touch on quickly was John Malkovich. He stands out for me in this movie. He plays a really you know detestable. Uh, executive from BP who's just basically you need to drill I don't care about safety things and tests just drill and um, it's been interesting because I've been enjoying him over in Space Force where he plays such a non-aggressive scientifically focused sort of guy and so to see him sort of as the villain of the piece was a real change so um, look this movie's on Netflix so if you haven't seen it that's my that's Paul's pick of the week I would say and that, that is another great segment, Paul's Pick of the Week. It's got a nice ring to it, rolls off the tongue. Let's, I let's, like it. Let's, let's see if we can do that. Um, what else have I got? So, as usual, uh, the morning's are beginning with Transformers. Um, I would like to give a quick shout-out to my my six-year-old daughter, who the other day I gave her a test, um, and I named her 30 Transformers and asked if they were Autobot or Decepticon, and she got 24 out of 30 correct. I thought was uh, was pretty good. So she's uh, we're going to keep her on in the family, which is great news for her. We're going to keep her, and uh, yeah. I um, also wondered whether you wanted to hear that complaint that she's now cut you out of the weekend viewing process of Transformers. Yes. So this is this is a true story, Dan. You're quite right. So I was I had the the episode lined up ready to watch and I went away to get some breakfast, you know, relax Saturday morning, get some toast, maybe a cup of tea. And all of a sudden as I'm making the breakfast, she's hit play. And I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) She's like, come on, come on, daddy, you're taking too long. So no patience, just, you know, if you, if you're not in lounge when it's, when it's time to start the movie, 
Oh, it turns out the episode. That's it. You're out. I um, am both heartbroken for you and also admire her passion. So, yeah, yeah. that's good, right? You've, you've got to get it done. So, good work. Uh, and I'll wrap up because, again, I'm talking for too long. Uh, the community watching that in the evenings as well. That's a show that's really making me laugh now. I'm really starting to, to get to know all these characters, and it's 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 really, really good. And, yeah, I, I know you're not on that yet, but I think I recommend that. Do you, do you think there was a, a turning point for you in, in community that was like, yep, I'm in? Because um, I, like, I still haven't – I've never made it past season one. Um Oh, okay. Oh, so you have seen season one? Sorry, okay, I misunderstood. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've seen all of it. I've, I feel like I've maybe seen the first, I don't know, five or six episodes a couple okay. of times. Yeah, we're, we're we're more than that in, and there's they just start to gel. It's Chevy Chase's character, um, Donald Glover's character, uh, they just start to really. I don't know the writing hits some pretty good notes and because you get to know the characters little nuances it's just starting to gel when this yeah the format is starting to work for me um so yeah so that's been good and then finally um as you've already talked about the nightly watch of Seinfeld I do have to call out the episode the opposite anyone who's watched Seinfeld will know what that episode is the opposite is an episode that I'm putting in my top 10 comedy episodes, not series, but actual episodes of all time. If you can't laugh at the opposite, I don't think you and I will ever get on is what my message will be to people. And it's almost like a test. What season is the opposite then, Paul? That is uh, season five. Uh, So you'll be coming up to it pretty soon. And I think it may be the, it may be the finale or it may be, uh, maybe the penultimate episode of season five, but yeah, um, let's have a look. Season five. Oh, it is the final. Okay, look, nine point six is what it's rate is what it's uh going for on on IMDb. Um, George decides to turn his life around by doing the exact opposite of what he would usually do in every situation, and it's. It, look, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but just when you get when you've seen five seasons of George struggling to see him walking around with a swagger, and what, you know what it's like when he's confident. He's too confident. It's just it's just so good. It's such a great way to finish the day. That's awesome. A, a confident George is a is a good George. I I feel like I remember that episode, um, and most of them that we're watching, it comes flooding back to me pretty quickly. But I I look forward to to that episode. Excellent. So is there anything else we want to talk about before we jump into the gentleman, Dan? Um, well, I wondered whether, you know, we talk a little bit about the news maybe, um, mm. anything that we've maybe maybe picked up and then maybe do the gentleman, or do you want to do gentleman first? Let's, let's, we're, let's go we're news. We're on the fly. Let's, yeah, I know, we're planning on the fly so that our listeners can enjoy it. Uh, let's go, should we go news and anything from the mailbag and then we'll jump in? Yeah, all right, that sounds good, that sounds good. Um, so... Nothing super um, major on the uh, entertainment front that I thought would be worth talking about today. Um, A couple of things that are maybe interesting, but as I say, nothing super major. Interesting to see that there's a a conversation emerging online about um, the Goonies 2 and that it's been uh, nine years in, in kind of the, the making or the, the script has been worked on or sort of thought about or considered, um, The Goonies is definitely one of uh, one of my favourite childhood movies. I've watched it recently over the years. It still stands up. It's it's great quality. It's, it's um, You can really see where Stranger Things has sort of picked up on that Goonies vibe. Um, I think it would be pretty interesting to see a Goonies too. I'm... Not sure if it's definitely needed, but I would I would definitely be there watching it. It may not be needed. Um, it may not be needed, but I think we want it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, what else? What else? Probably the thing that I would like to talk about, and it's a little bit, I guess, off kilter for what we normally talk about, is today they had the official announcement of the PlayStation Five. So, yes. um, look. You can have a bit of lazy TV watching without a little bit of lazy gaming. Um, and look, PS5 looks looks pretty awesome. Um, they've looks like they're going to have two versions of the console: uh, digital 
um, version, which doesn't doesn't take any discs, and then a, a version that takes discs, obviously, as well as digital. Um, looks like it's really, um, really increasing sort of the, the power and capacity and some of the, the gameplay demonstrations that are starting to come out of it look pretty impressive. Um, we've got some awesome game announcements that come with that. Spider-Man 2, a new Ratchet & Clank. Um, it's going to come with Grand Theft Auto. Looks looks pretty exciting. I'm pretty interested. Is does this sort of thing appeal to you, Paul? Look, uh, it appeals to me uh, as as a as a person who used to game and then decided to have children and now basically games with my children every now and then. Uh, what I'm most triggered about with this announcement is the lack of information around backwards compatibility. Because what I really want. Because everyone wants to play on the PS4 in this house, and if one person's playing on the PS4, the other person's shouting about the fact that they can't play on it. If I could have a PS5 upstairs and a PS4 downstairs, and I could use the PS4 game discs in either console, that would be perfect for me, and that would that would be worth an investment. Maybe not to start with, because when they first release, they're normally too expensive. Um, but yeah, so did you watched the... I only saw the highlights. What can you tell me about backwards compatibility? So there is a... Um... I'm not sure whether the backwards compatibility will work how you just described it. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the, the, the detail um, to probably, you'd, you'd want to fact check anything I'm saying here, but I, mm. I know there has been lots of conversations about the, the um, PS5 and wanting to make sure that it is backwards compatible with PS4 games. I don't know what that means though. Is that, digital version or digital and disc. I'm not too sure. I have also heard that, uh, I, again, this is sketchy, unverified information, um, that I believe it's from August or sometime around that this year, any game that's released for the PS4, uh, there's an expectation uh, from Sony that that will also be... um, uh, backwards compatible as well. So, right. So, okay. look, I think there's, there's potential there for it. I'm not sure whether, yeah. Um, I think the, the the question for me in, in that scenario is, does it is that on a disc based point of view or just for digital downloads that they're backwards compatible? I'm not too sure. Um, okay. But look, it, look, it looks like interesting tech. Certainly, certainly does. You say that there's not much news in the entertainment world, Dan, and yet I should point out that this week was the week that saw the global announcement of Bill and Ted 3, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Now, this is you, you talk about sequels that we don't need. I, I did not see this one coming, particularly because Keanu Reeves, since those movies, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey and Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure came out in, like, what, the 90s, uh, his career has sort of, you know, skyrocketed whereas his co-star alex winter maybe not so much it feels like a movie that alex winter would have been sat there dreaming for and keanu reeves would not go near in a million years and yet he has so that is exciting enough in itself william sadler is back as death incredible um the trailer is very average (laughs) and yet i will watch it when it comes out not maybe not in the theaters i'd like to clarify but when it comes out in some some form of platform to watch at home I remember as a as a I guess an early teenager, maybe maybe just before becoming I don't know, twelve or something, having um Bill and Ted's excellent adventure on my Nintendo Game Boy. And I remember I remember wanting that game it was before the days you could tell whether a game was any good, like you just saw the game in the store. Um I think I got it for my birthday or something. It was I remember it being terrible. Um kind of imagine some pixels jumping into a phone box and teleporting to new places and, and doing stuff. But the, the box art was enough to sell the dream. Um, and those movies were definitely um, definitely a, a big part of my childhood growing up. It's interesting because Keanu Reeves has got a lot of uh, sequels coming out. He's got obviously Bill and Ted. He's got mm. Matrix. He's got another mm. John Wick. He, he, he's a busy guy. He's busy. He's great. And again, just just like Mark Wahlberg, Keanu Reeves is turning into one of those actors that I just, I'm just sort of always like, if they're on board, I will watch it on the strength of them alone. That's that's how it. it. 
I, I agree. And I love the whole um, meme ability, love the internet and the love that the internet has for Keanu Reeves. Um, and I don't know if you, you saw the one where he's, he's involved in another game coming out soon called Cyberpunk and somebody yelled out in the crowd, um, you're um, – you're you're breathtaking, and he you're breathtaking, and it's kind of he's considered a, such the the wholesome personality of the internet, and yeah, I, I think he's great. Um, I I know we don't necessarily share the same view on John Wick, but you know John Wick on the guns akimbo scale blows it out <laughs> of the water. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, yeah, so I don't I don't think I've got any other news. Um, yourself that you no i'm i'm ready to hop across to the mailbag if if you are yeah let's let's jump into the mailbag let's so, do it so from uh if i i'll cover off the instagram and twitter news this week uh it's pretty quiet this week but um one little highlight for us was uh so last week we did our seasons one to eight review of homeland and so the the tweet that we put out for that got a, a retweet from uh, Leslie Linker Galata, and she is the showrunner for Homeland. Uh, she's the executive producer. She runs the show. She also did Mad Men, West Wing, Pretty Little Liars, Twin Peaks. She's, she's done a lot. She doesn't tweet that a few, often a few either. Indie, a few indie projects. Yeah. By the sounds of it, correct. And she has a few indie projects. She doesn't tweet that often, uh, often, and so the fact that she retweeted us is not only impressive, but then because she retweeted it, one of the stars of the show, um, Newman Aikar, who played um, Hakani, uh, he he retweeted it with a comment saying that he was proud to be a part of the show, and then she retweeted that as well. So that's that's great. And we talked about this before because it's a, just that way of just showing a bit of appreciation for people that make these shows because. It's, it's fantastic. So, uh, so yeah. So that was a. That's all I actually have this week. Uh, pretty quiet in the mailbag. What about you? So, as we mentioned uh, in the last week's episode, we've recently set up a Half Measures podcast Discord um, channel, which you can find the link for in the the podcast notes to the show. And we've had a few people join already, which is really cool. And we've actually had a a topic suggestion for a future episode from one freckled pretzel great username um and okay. that, <laughs> that topic suggestion is i'd love to hear about your favorite or otherwise um fan theories which i think is a is a really interesting one and one we could probably uh you and i've got a, a few yeah. thoughts on different tv shows um i like this yeah yeah i um it made me think uh when i saw this one from freckled pretzel of the obviously slightly touch on it the the whole idea of um indiana jones um being the dreams of of a han solo and carbonite like i I love that theory i think it's awesome and i i feel like there's probably a whole bunch of different threads like that we could pull okay i reckon we should i reckon we should lock this in a because it's a brilliant idea and b because uh this freckled pretzel thank you very much has gone to the effort of suggesting it to us so it's fantastic and it means that we'd have to keep coming up with the uh the ideas each week which uh makes it even more of a half measure for us <laughs> look and i think you know if you've got an idea for a, a um a show a topic suggestion jump on the discord um, look, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to sort of build a bit of a, a community around what we're doing. So, and that uh, that uh, that Discord uh, link will be in the description of this episode on your podcast, so you can click on it to join the channel straight away. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I do have questions around what a freckled pretzel is. Um, I presume it's a pretzel with like um, like sesame seeds or something on it. Uh, like, like, I, I I think we should leave that alone and just just uh, let our imaginations run wild because I don't know if it's uh, yeah I, I just don't even think we should go there. It's a great I love it. It's a great username. It is. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that's all for me in the mailbag this week. Well, I think it's time we moved into our review of the gentleman by Guy Ritchie. Look, this. Um, again, is another one on the Guns Akimbo scale that <laughs> <laughs> blows it out of the water. I loved The Gentleman. 
I am angry with myself for waiting for so long to watch it. Mm. Same, same, same. I also, um, I'm not sure how you watched it, Paul, um, but I, I rented it and I feel like I already wish I brought it. I feel like it would be great if after you've after you've rented a movie, it would be awesome. Like say like on iTunes or something. Yeah. You you had a I don't know a twenty four hour window to go back and actually buy at least the cost of the rental. I, I, I would do it. It's it feels like a really easy business model to implement. And at the end of the day, they're still getting the same money that they would have got for if you'd bought it to start with, but you've, you've minimized your risk. So that's fantastic. And I feel the same way. And I realized because I, I also rented it on the Lightbox platform here. Um, after I'd had the incident the week before where I nearly threw it out the window because it wouldn't work. It worked this time. Uh, and, uh, I realized that I own all of the the Guy Ritchie movies, the main ones. And so why have I not purchased this? I, I don't know. And again, I have to go out and buy this movie because it's absolutely brilliant. And I'm going to jump straight in and say, why are the critics hating on this movie, Dan? Because it's only scoring 51% uh, Metacritic, which takes into account you know all the major um, movie review websites. And yet Rotten Tomatoes has it at 75%. It's 8 out of 10 on IMDb. Why aren't the critics liking this movie? I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. I think in this um, – so this movie was recommended to me by someone I know. And at the time – I thought, oh, yeah, sounds interesting. And I remember going on to Rotten Tomatoes, and it must have been in the early days because that review was much lower. Like it was – I feel like it might have been 40% or something, and it's obviously gone Mm. up uh, as more reviews have come in, which is is good to see. But this this movie's 10 out of 10 for me. 10 out of 10 on the Guns of Kimbo scale. It's (laughs) a fantastic story. It's um, classic Guy Ritchie, um, incredible quotes, stellar cast. Um, It's a movie I feel like I could watch at least a couple more times and get something new out of it. It makes me want to go back through the Guy Ritchie catalogue and watch more. That's exactly right. I second everything you've said there. I love the movie. I already want to watch it again. I almost feel like watching a second watch could be better than the first because um, sort of the way it plays out, I wouldn't say it's convoluted, but being able to go in it, knowing how it happens, allows you just to relax into the dialogue. And the dialogue in this movie is just just beautiful. There is necessary swearing that really adds to this movie, you know, and actually it's how i'd like to talk at work if i'm honest um how some of the characters <laughs> how some of the characters in this in this movie talk it's uh it's and it is on the subject of the guy richie you know wanting to jump into his catalog he hasn't done a proper gangster or like a, a london gangster type movie since rock and roller back in 2008 so you know all of his movies have been great over the last few years but none of them have been probably what i think of when i think of guy richie i so i definitely and i I definitely want um, the gentleman too. I feel like it's set up perfectly for a sequel. Um, I don't. I don't know whether we'd get it, but I would. I would love it. One of my uh, one of my favourite things about I think Guy Ritchie movies and this one is does a stellar job of it. And this is why I need to have the rewatch. So many great quotes, and I mm-hmm. it's the type of movie where I want to watch it again and just enjoy it, and then I want to watch it a third time and just sort of note down all of my favorite quotes. And I, there's a couple I put in my um, in my phone. Um, like when the lion when the lion's hungry, he eats. I loved it. So good, <laughs> so good. And I also this other one. It's not like the salt and pepper. It's not on the table. You know, I yeah. I love that. That's so good. So good and so well delivered. And, you know, the writing is what makes this movie for me. And I'm 100% on board with that. And I, I want to talk about the writing. But before I do, just something you said about The Gentleman too. just beware. At the end of Rock and Roller in 2008, there is a, a blatant hint that there's a sequel coming, like it's a Rock and Roller will return, just like they put at the end of a James Bond movie. James Bond will return. And he always does. Rock and Roller will return or something like that. So I've been very excited about the prospect of that coming back and it never did so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hold out for this because uh you know he did he did a sequel to sherlock and there's a third sherlock movie coming out but it's not going to be directed by him so i i I would love a gentleman too just like you dan but i just i just feel like it's uh 
I'll believe it when I see it is how I feel at the moment. I also, um, I couldn't get over Like, you know, sometimes when there's a lot of big names in a movie like this, uh, Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunman, uh, Jeremy Strong, Michelle Dockery, Colin Farrell, Tom Wu, like the list goes on. It's, I always kind of feel a bit conscious, like, is the is this box um, big enough for all of these big characters? And, and, and it is. And it's, uh, I think to your earlier point, the writing is so top notch and all of these characters are so fun. I feel like they're having a great time playing these roles and uh, like Hugh Grant, we could probably spend another hour just talking about how great his character is. Um, It's it's, it's enjoyable enjoyable the cat the cast are so strong as you say matthew mcconaughey as the lead uh, you know basically the lead as michael he i mean i have to say his voice is just delicious it is it's great i mean who can resist matthew mcconaughey's voice um charlie hammond who i don't i don't know that well i know you've watched sons of anarchy i've only ever really seen him in the other guy Ritchie movie the uh, the king arthur movie but he he's he's really strong in this movie um, and as an as a Downton Abbey fan, watching Michelle Dockery uh, playing Michael's wife um, uh, Rosalind, what an absolute contrast seeing her in this when compared to her playing that very posh and proper Lady Mary, so refreshing. And the two that stand out for me uh, is Colin Farrell as as coach, standout role for him, but the real star is Hugh Grant uh, as Fletcher. Because I've always liked Hugh Grant and I've seen him in so many movies, but I've never seen him like this before. And now I just want to see him like this every time because just like Ricky Gervais managed to play David Brent and he fused flash dance with MC Hammer's stuff when he was doing that dance, somehow Hugh Grant seems to have taken a little bit of Michael Caine from The Italian Job, a little bit of um, Bricktop from Snatch. He's thrown in just the amount of right, uh, the right amount of like inappropriate innuendo to make you feel uncomfortable we sat next to him and then he's got all these amazing lines for me this this is my favorite hugh grant movie it's just he's so good so good yeah i definitely feel like this is going to be i think we've talked about this before sometimes you need that when your parents come to stay you need one of those movies you can put on um i feel like this is a movie that um that my parents would love and i if they could stick with it, because, you know, obviously these Guy Ritchie films have got a bit of a, a few twists and turns. They'd really enjoy it. I think they'd enjoy the language and they'd enjoy sort of the, just the, the witty banter throughout. Another another character I, I think we need to give a, a bit of a, a shout out to, um, I mentioned before, Jeremy Strong. So he's from um, more recently Succession, the the TV right. show. And I really enjoyed his character as kind of the, is villain the right word? Like the, um, you know, just come up against Matthew McConaughey. I thought that was really well played. He's very strong in this movie. No pun intended. He really is. He really is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm sitting here just cracking out to myself. Sorry, I am listening to you. This is really rude, but I'm just reading through some of the quotes from this movie. And you... (laughs) You're absolutely right. It is just, there are so many, it's it's the writing that's, you know, because Guy Ritchie as a writer-director is strong. And I think sometimes his direction has been has been really standout. Like when you think about what he's done in Lockstock or what he did in Sherlock Holmes even, some of the directing in that is really good. But it's the writing that is the, the strong half of this uh, this movie, I think. And he, his writing is alongside um, Ivan Atkinson, who he's done a lot of work with on other movies. And he's he's sort of getting older and he's just his 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 I, I yeah i can't compliment it enough i would i would go so far as to say i wouldn't say it's my favorite guy ritchie movie okay but i would say it's probably the best written I, I, and i think that's what you're getting at when you sort of talk about going back and wanting to to, to, to watch it again and, and write things down yeah um i really enjoyed how you said it's not my it's not the best guy ritchie movie okay like eat a real like Okay. okay. Okay, mate. Um, 
I often feel like after I've watched the Guy Ritchie movie, I'm like, ah, oh, this was the best one. Um, and I, I wonder what it would actually be like, you know, when we talk about this back catalogue, to go back and watch a whole bunch of them and maybe even kind of rank them in a bit of an order um, yes. would be a, would be an interesting project in itself. I, I do. I know we have our, our sort of a WhatsApp uh, conversation with ideas for the podcast that we go back to every now and then, and one of them is uh, ranking the Tarantino, T- Tarantino movies. I think that and and the Guy Ritchie movies uh, would be a, a worthwhile endeavour and um, something that would be really really fun to do because um, yeah, there, there's a lot of interesting movies that, that both those guys have done. Maybe what we could actually do, Paul, I know we've, we've kind of been, again, just to build this agenda out on the fly, is we've been talking about having a, having a homework movie or um, That's right. something That's right. at some point. And maybe actually, you know, we could actually have some homework movies of uh, some Tarantino movies or some Guy Ritchie ones or whatever whatever it is. We could work through a bit of a, a back catalogue. I, look, I, I'd be really tempted by that. I do think about it a lot and I do always think, quite you know sort of underhandedly this could be my opportunity to make you watch a star trek movie i thought about it this week because it was the 31st anniversary of star trek 5 the final frontier which was in my 10 movies to know me podcast and it got a lot of praise finally this week after years of hate and i thought about that but i thought do i do that to you or do we do we do we actually just go away and actually watch some really good quality movies that we both enjoy and you know something like the, you know we'll watch all the guy Ritchie guy, uh, guy Ritchie movies could be could be really worthwhile. Eh? It's funny you say that, and I am going to reluctantly say this to you, Paul. That uh, Samara mentioned to me the. Uh, couple of weeks ago, maybe we should watch some Star Trek. I'm like, oh, get oh, out of it. Yes. Get out of it. And then I was like, where would we even begin? And she, and then we're, we're like, we'd have to get Paul on the phone. Oh, then he's going to get all excited. Then we're going to have to go through the history me. of Star Trek. <laughs> don't phone me. I don't like phone calls. <laughs> um, where to start? Where to start? I don't, I'll, I'll stop you there. I'll stop you there. Okay. <laughs> If we go down the path, I'll have a chat oh, with you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is the episode in itself. Where to start with Star Trek? Okay. Yeah, I, I won't go there. I won't go there. I'm, I'm just biding my time, quite literally. That's um, look. We've been we've been on the air an hour. I should you stop me now. Yeah, definitely. So look, um, I think we're we're both raving fans of the gentleman. Um, it's kind of a hard movie to talk about without giving away spoilers and things. Yes, that's, that's so. And, look, and look, I guess I guess what we can say, just to sort of you know, because maybe people are like, "What the hell is this movie?" Is this is about an American expat who's trying to sell his highly profitable marijuana empire in London. And that triggers a whole bunch of plots, schemes, bribery, and blackmail, and an attempt to steal his domain out from under him. And that's the official synopsis online. So if that doesn't sound like your sort of thing, then trust me, it will be once you watch it, because it's very well written, if I haven't already said that 16 times. Yeah. There's some other really cool moments in there, too. Um, You know, just, I think, seeing people of, um, you know, kind of our, our age, you know. Yeah. 30s, 40s, generous. Um, Very generous. And and just seeing them, you know, like this is their profession, this is their job, and then just seeing them kind of interact with um, some punk kids. There's some laugh out loud great scenes uh, with that as well, particularly with uh, with Charlie Hunman. Really, Really well done things. Very well done. And look, there's enough people, as I said, in that cast, you know, someone, no matter who we're talking to right now, for those who are listening, that you, you have to be a fan of either McConaughey, Charlie, um, Michelle Dockery, Hugh Grant, Colin Farrell. Yeah, you know, there's someone in there for everyone, I feel. So, um, yeah. So, Paul, what, just out of interest, off the top of your mind, what is your favourite um, Guy Ritchie film? For, for me, it's Snatch, and I'm pretty sure yeah. that would be unlikely to. Even though Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels was, of course, the classic that kind of you know got it, got him on the scene, and everyone started getting into that genre. There's something about Snatch, and I do always come back to Bricktop as just one of the greatest characters of all time from the movies. There's another podcast for us: top ten movie characters. Trust me, Bricktop is in that list. Just absolutely sensational. And sometimes, if you've got a if you've got an actor or a character that can carry a movie, not sorry, not carry a movie, but just is so good, 
then it just elevates it above the others. And that's, that's why for me, what about you? What's your top guy, Richie? Yeah, I, I would say the same. Uh, Snatch is so good. It's a movie I watch every couple of years, if not every year. And, and I always enjoy it. Um, I, I would struggle to be honest with you to kind of um, rank these movies because they're all so good in, in their own way, but I, I would be up for the challenge at, definitely um the gentleman would be in the top three for me yeah i think you're right i think you're right yep yeah yeah oh well that probably just about brings us to the the end of the episode almost does indeed it's been a it's been a good laugh it's been a lot of fun there's been some good things we've watched and now that we've got this guns akimbo scale i feel like we are going to be you know sort of setting setting the standards for other podcasts to, to follow if they're going to go out there reviewing movies and tv shows right well, I think it'll be really clear to someone when you can say to them, "Round the water cooler, it's yeah. not as good as Guns Akimbo. And they'll be like, got you. I, got I, you. I obviously have to go and watch this movie now. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> as, as long as you keep it in the mediocre range like I have, this will work out. But if you come away from it thinking it's one of the best movies you've seen, it's really going to cause us some trouble. We're in so, trouble. Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can reach us at halfmeasurespodcast.com. You can reach us on Twitter at halfmeasurespod, on Instagram at halfmeasurespodcast, on Facebook, on Pinterest, on Tumblr. They're everywhere. Oh, Just reach on out Discord. And- and, and yep. Discord is the is the big one, of course. And don't yep. forget, it will be in the description of this episode when we publish. So from me, thanks for listening and take care. Over to you, Dan. Cool. See you guys uh, next week. Hope you had fun. Have a great weekend. Adios.